0: So, I think most of you know, or a lot of you know, uh, last weekend my nephew got married, and so our family we flew back to the Midwest uh, to to celebrate with him. And then on on Tuesday evening we flew back home. It was about midnight, and Vicar picked us up. That's his job. Uh, and so, and, and and just as as we turned onto our street, I saw at the top of the hill. I, oh, we left the Christmas lights on our house all week, you know, and. I said, oops, uh, I guess we left the Christmas lights on. But is that really an oops? <laughs> Other than, you know, maybe costing a few more shekels of electricity, uh, is, it, is it really an oops to keep the lights on? Uh, figuratively speaking, Isaiah would say no. In fact, he, he encourages us today uh, to keep the lights on. Why? Uh, why does Isaiah spend so much time in his prophecy talking about these words like light and keeping the lights on? Arise and shine for your light has come. Because he, he understands very clearly how dark, how dark this world is without Christ, with the come, without the coming Messiah, without God. Uh, He writes at a very dark time in in, in God's people's history. They're they're taken off into captivity. Things are looking bleak for them as a nation, as a people. But also spiritually, uh, things are are awfully, awfully dark. I mean, uh, you, you hear some of these words again here where he says, he says, see, see, darkness covers the earth. And thick darkness covers the peoples. And I don't know if we always think about that so much. Uh, I, I think we lament every once in a while, oh, yeah, the world's just going, you know, horribly. But I don't know if we always think about the, the spiritual darkness that just plagues this world. Um, most of it, some of it can be because we live in a country, uh, United States is at least on paper 64% Christian. Or, or we could say, well, according to the world, You know, Christianity is still the number one religion across the globe. About 32% of the people across the world would say that Jesus is their Savior. And yet, you just let those numbers sink in. 32%, which means two out of every three people across this globe are hellbound two out of every three people across this globe are heading toward a lake an eternal lake of fire now i don't know if a if we think about that or b if that causes us to lie awake at night i uh, true confessions i i don't stay awake at night you know tossing and turning thinking about people in india or indonesia or libya or lithuania or are people that that don't know Jesus on the other side of the globe. And I doubt many of you do either. But where we maybe do stay awake at night is when that hits a little bit closer to home. And I'm guessing that many, if not all of you, know people who don't know or who don't believe in that little baby that you and I just celebrated. And if you don't know anybody who doesn't believe in Jesus, maybe it just shows we're not connected to our world and we need to be a little bit more rubbing elbows with going out and, and preaching the good news to all creation. But, but as we think about those people, and, I, and I'd encourage you to maybe, uh, depending on your age, maybe make a Rolodex in your mind or, or get your, your mental phone out and just start swiping. Uh, and, and, and picture those people in your life right now, that you know that don't know Jesus or have rejected Jesus. And it's easy for us to ignore that because it hurts our hearts. It's easy for us to pretend like that doesn't exist. I'd rather not face it and it'll just go away. Right? But that's as much as we ignore it, it doesn't go away. It's a reality. And Isaiah wants us to see that reality as he says, See, darkness covers the earth. And thick darkness uh, covers the peoples. I, you know, when I, when I uh, think about this, this passage, I often think of a, a Sunday school uh, boy who who heard once in, in Sunday school that his teacher taught him Jesus is the light of the world and he said, "He said, oh man I, I wish Jesus could come to my house because it's awfully dark it's awfully dark where I live that's what Isaiah saw, it was awfully dark where he lived but, but and it's awfully dark where we live but yet maybe Maybe the people that we're thinking about, that we're scrolling through in our, in our mental Rolodex or our mental swiping on our, in our phones and our heads, it, it's not so much that they don't believe in Jesus. It's just that maybe they don't see the, the light of his promises shining so brightly in their lives. And, and I think that's also something that you and I face in our lives. That we are we are very good about maybe checking the box, yes, I'm a Christian. And, and we're very good about honestly saying, yeah, I believe in Jesus Christ as only Son our and Lord, and, and we know that he's our Savior, but we still find ourselves in this cloudiness. We believe in the big promise of God as our Savior. We don't necessarily believe in all the other promises, or we don't hold to those other promises to be shining brightly in our life. And maybe that's the darkness that's covering the, this group of people today. I don't, I don't have any reason to think that any of you are unbelievers, but I, I would have reason to think that many of us have some type of darkness uh, that is, is a cloud, at least. Uh, you know, what, what's blurring your vision of the light of God's promises? What's, what's kind of the, the cloud that's hovering over your heart? Is it, a, is it a lost loved one, a brother, a sister, a, a child, a, a parent, a, a friend? Or is it some other challenge that's, that's sinking you into a, into a dark place in your life? You know, that, that little Sunday school boy isn't just a Sunday school boy. That, that's often you and me. Right? We, we say, man, I, I wish Jesus could come to my life, to my corner, to my house right now because it's awfully dark. I live thick darkness Isaiah writes thick darkness covers the peoples see darkness covers the earth and so where do we turn where do we turn well whatever your darkness is uh, whether it's you yourself or you think about someone else groping around in the in the deepest darkness of unbelief Isaiah has this to say to us, to know that God's not oblivious to that darkness. He's not oblivious to the blurriness or to the clouds uh, that are in your life. Uh, he doesn't want us to ignore them. He doesn't want us to just turn a blind eye. He, in fact, you know, he doesn't want us to be ignorant of the, of the spiritual plight of people of this world or of the people in our lives. I, the fact that he, he says it twice here, you know, he repeats himself, see, darkness covers the earth, yes, and thick darkness covers the peoples. This is, this is an issue. Don't just bury your head in the sand when it comes to people's spiritual life or to your spiritual life or to thick darkness uh, that, that you're experiencing because you don't always see God's promises shining so lightly. Ignore that they're real. But as God brings this to our attention that, hey, maybe everything isn't always going to be shining brightly in your life, when those clouds are hovering over our hearts, he comes and says, however dark your place is, I have come to pierce through that. I don't want you to wallow in your doubts or in your despair. I don't want you to be buried in your guilt or in your shame but rather you can rise. You know you look at that opening verse. Rise and shine. Why? For your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. Allow me just to spend a few minutes shedding some light on these on these light words. Um, I don't know. It's one of the hard, most difficult things I think about the English language is that somewhere in the past, uh, someone thought it would be a great idea to use the word you and your to mean you or you, right? They use the word you to be singular, but they also mean to be plural. Unless you're in Texas, then it's y'all, all right? That makes a lot a lot more sense to be you and y'all. Uh, but but that, that sometimes, I, I think that that way that that English language sometimes clouds our view of some of the beautiful promises of God. That, that we can get caught up in thinking this is just talking about everybody. Oh yes, yeah, God sent a son to be for the, the world, you know, the, the earth, the peoples. Other languages don't use that. They don't use, not all other languages use you singular and you plural. They have different words. And what's really neat here is that Isaiah, when he's talking big picture stuff, he says, guess what? The the peoples and the earth are all in the darkness. But then he switches to the singular. Arise and shine for your light has come. And your light has come. And your light has come. Which is just a beautiful, beautiful application, isn't it? Because it shows that our God while there's a, a thick darkness that covers the people, he knows that your darkness is maybe a different shade than that person's darkness. And your darkness is different than that person's darkness. Maybe your cloud is a little thicker than that person's cloud right now. But no matter what darkness you find yourself in, no matter what cloud is hovering over your heart, God comes to you to say today and says, no matter who you are, Your light has come. And your light has come. And your light has come. Your Savior is a very personal Savior. Your God is a very personal God. And so cherish. Cherish this very personal promise that you hear today that no matter what what darkness is hovering over you is that God's not oblivious to it. And the message of Jesus is your light. You can keep the lights on because your personal light has come. Now Isaiah doesn't stop there. As beautiful as that is, he does then open our eyes and he lifts our eyes to say, I I also want you to see a big picture. As he goes on to say, he says, yeah, nations, nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn and, and then all assemble and come to you. <clears throat> your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip. I mean, these are really probably the verses that, that uh, is why this is the suggested reading for what we call Epiphany today. Epiphany, again, the, the theme of the wise men coming to see Jesus, the overall theme is that, yes, Jesus is not just the Savior of some people, but he's the Savior of all. Yes, he was born to, to Jewish parents and he was born to, to and, and the first worshipers were Jewish shepherds. Uh, and people who are God's chosen people of the Old Testament. Uh, but we need to remember, it wasn't just a, a little local thing that happened there. Remember what the angels said? They said that, that that message to the shepherds was, Yes, today in the town of David, a city or a, a, a savior has been born to you. He is Christ the Lord, but he will cause great joy for whom? For all people. Or about uh, 40 days later, six, when Jesus was six weeks old, his his parents took him to the temple, and and part of carrying out the Old Testament law, the Jewish law, and yet who is there? There's a a guy by the name of Simeon, uh, who and we're going to sing his song later. And he he takes that little Jesus, that little six week old baby, into his arms and says, "This baby is going to be what? A light for the Gentiles, a light for all people uh, to see." Or again, you think of what the, the whole premise of the wise men uh, coming to, to bring their gifts to Jesus. that These were people from the East, people from another nationality, people from afar, to show that Jesus is not just a, a local king, but he is a global king. And that is for our comfort today as well, to know that, that Jesus is this, this global king, that, that to celebrate that, that we are part of something bigger. Yes, it's easy for us to lament that only 32% of the world is Christian. But why not celebrate that 32% of the world is Christian? That means that if Jesus came back today and he he would tell 2.7 billion people, come, Receive your inheritance. And you'd be part of that. You ever get in those situations where you want to be part of something big? You know, I can't miss this event. All right? You're part of 2.7 billion people on the earth right now, not to mention in the past, who know Jesus. That is heartwarming and inspiring. You know, I, I, I try to share with you guys often I, um, the joy of knowing that we're part of something bigger. It happened again this Christmas. I get to open mail and, and it, you know, we get, as a congregation, we get cards from, from a whole bunch of other congregations. Or we get, you know, we got a $20 gift from, as a congregation, for our new mover ministry. Um, or we got a $50 gift from a women's group in Missouri and we got a, Uh, for for something else and we got a $150 gift uh, for church from a group in Kansas and we got a card from a church in Oklahoma and Arkansas and a gift from an individual in Wisconsin and and I'm at this wedding and a guy from Iowa comes up to me and says here my cousin lives in Sparks and he doesn't know Jesus go go find him you know and and, and, and we're you know we are part of something bigger that is something to, to celebrate that you're not just you uh, and Or even locally here, I mean, you think of our, our two sister congregations. You know, last night that I, I have a, a, somebody come from one of the other sister congregations that they wanted to bring an offering for our blessed-to-blessed blessed opportunity. And, and you know, how how joyous is that? Or, or that I can report, you know, that we have had over $50,000 worth of support from the other two congregations uh, for, our, for our future ministry, above and beyond what they've already uh, prayed and supported us in the past. I, I mean, you are part of something bigger, but far beyond, far beyond any, any partnership that we have with Reno Area Congregations or our National Church Association, you are part of something that we confess weekly. I believe in the Holy Christian Church, <laughs> that you are linked with people like Isaiah, that you are linked with people around the globe for whom the light of Jesus has come. You know, you are part of what Isaiah writes here when he says, all, all assemble. That is something to celebrate. And yet when Isaiah takes us to this big picture, he very quickly comes right back to the very personal nature. All assemble, but then he says, but your sons come from afar. And your daughters are carried on the hip. Very familial terms, right? Close terms. And there's beauty and there's hope in those words again. Sons and daughters. You know, I I asked you before to, to visualize the people that you know in your life who don't know Jesus. Maybe some of them are actually sons. Maybe some of them are actually daughters. Or maybe it's a mom or a dad or an uncle or an aunt or a cousin or a best friend. And you're like, they're too far gone. That's not what Isaiah says. Your sons come from afar and your daughters are carried on the hip, the ones that you think you've lost holding, you can carry them back. And maybe that's a a lesson to go away with today too. That just to to celebrate the far-reaching arm of the gospel. The far-reaching arm of God. You know, you. We read there from Ephesians chapter 3 earlier where where Apostle Paul, this missionary, says it was his job to go and reach out to the Gentiles. That's awesome, but do you remember who Paul was before that? He was a son who was a fire. He was a killer of Christians. And yet God called him. If God can call a person like Paul, if God can call and reach a person like you, Don't think he can't necessarily reach your sons and your daughters. This isn't a blanket promise that everybody that you love is going to be in heaven. I can't say that. I can't promise that. I mean, God's word is real, and he says there's only one way, one truth, and one life, and it's through Jesus. But to take these words to heart, don't give up. That, That God maybe can use your witness... Your support, your prayers, to reach out to those who, who seem to be you so far away. But they're not far for Jesus. And as maybe God uses your witness, your supports, or your prayers to bring them in. Well, then look what Isaiah says. Then, then you will look, and be radiant. Then your heart will throb and swell with joy. You know, I I got to witness a little bit of what this looks like uh, going to a wedding. You know, they always say whenever you go to a wedding, the bride is radiant and beautiful and all. And my niece, my new niece, yeah, she was radiant as as most brides are, as I guess all brides are. Um, But it wasn't only her that was radiant that day. As I walked, watched her father walk her down the aisle, you could see in his face right, the joy swelling up. As I watched the father of the groom preach the sermon to his son and to his new daughter-in-law, I could, I could hear the joy in his words. As I watched the mothers crying from both sides of the pews right, during that, that wedding, I could see the pride and the joy welling up. It's that type of emotion that Isaiah is painting for us here. That someday you're going to see a loved one who's maybe afar right now, but they're going to be walking down that aisle as the beautiful bride of Christ. And as you get to see them walking that well, yeah, they're radiant, but so are you. As you get to see, (laughs) as you swell with joy, as you see them come into a relationship with their savior. And and you fast forward to heaven and you just think of what that must be like. You know, if those people that, that God may used you to reach are there and they're in the they're in that receiving line as you as you march into heaven and, and you're like you're here and you're here and you're here and you're I mean that, that's just got to add uh, to the joy of heaven just to see all those people that have come from afar that you've carried, helped carry on the hip. And then as you walk down that aisle, and there at the end of the aisle is someone whose face is even more radiant. And that's your Savior. And he swells with joy as he looks at you and he says, huh, you're here. And you feel his heart swell and throb with joy as he throws his arms around you. And now you find yourself in a place where the lights will never go out because you will see the true meaning of your light. Your light that has come. Amen. Please stand.